Welcome to our podcast. We're bringing it with Payne and Rick. Our guest this week is Aidy Britton. Welcome, Aid. Thanks, lads. Good to see you. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. Much appreciated. Cheers. Let's start with your playing days. Playing days. Right. It won't be long. <laughs> I, um, I, was, I was brought up in Knoll. Um, my mother calls it Upper Knoll. It's west side of Knoll. Is it Knoll or Canole? It's, uh, <laughs> it's just by the Friendship Pub, if you remember that. It's not uh, there anymore. No, I know. So my first football... Late Sunday morning football for, for the Friendship, I did. And did my, you? My grandmother and my mother, Throgmorton Road. I didn't know they had a team. We were just around Stanley Crescent. And so as a kid, I went to Knoll School, the junior school, and, and played, uh, played a bit of football there at the age of 10. But my football really was in, um, in Red Catch Park. Everything happened in Red, Red Catch Park. So there were two teams there. There was St Pancras, who had a, a past, and you know they had been a good side. Quite a few people turned out to watch them. And there was a, a side that always dressed in a Bristol City kit called Melbury United. Yeah, I remember that. And, uh, and, and then when the games weren't on, like the lads used to come from miles around just to play a bit of football. And uh, the, the older ones, sort of in their teens, a lot of them had played for Bristol schools and that were down the bottom at the broad, broad walk end. And us younger ones were at the other end. And if they gave you a shout and said, come on down and play with us, you thought you were in. So some of the lads at that time were sort of um, Michael House, uh, you played for Bristol schools, uh, Denzel Morgan, um, Phil Rendell. Who's Denzel um, in that film? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Phil Rendell, Alan Kenner. Um, uh, gosh, who's your boy? Uh, Dylan Evans, he went on and played it. Wickham. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so some there were some good lads there, and it's really ironic. I haven't seen any of them for years, and then I bumped into Phil Rendell the other day because I didn't realise that he was Jamie and John's dad. So, so Jamie obviously plays a bit of cricket at Chipping Sobbury. And John's now just taken over as manager of Yate. Well, Phil is a kid, so he's about three or four years older than me. Basically, he played for England schools. And when you play for England schools at that time, mm. yeah, you play for England schools at that time, under 15, she turned up at Wembley and 90,000 turned up. So he'd gone and played for England schools. And when he came, yeah. like all the lads yeah. following around the park, and you know, yeah. he, he was an absolute hero. So I remember that well. And also, back in that day, all the scouts would sign England schoolboys. Yeah, yeah. You know, they would, yeah. you know. Yeah. But there were some players, Noel, in that side. Yeah, well, so, there's always been good footballers yeah. from Noel, aren't there? No, that's right. And then others would turn up a bit older. Was it Johnny Monday? I don't know what happened to yeah. him. Um, but all of them then appeared again, suddenly, down the city ground in the youth team and that sort of thing. But, um, but basically, when I got to 10 years old, like my parents, because we came, yeah, came from a pretty humble background. I had three brothers and they kept on to my brothers to, to study and get, you know, good at school and whatever. And I got a scholarship to QEH in in Clifton. And they used to give scholarships for kids from South Bristol, four or five of them a year. And I got one of these scholarships and it was a boarding scholarship. And oh. not only was it a boarding scholarship, but also but also at QEH you never play football. Rugby school, so is it? you just play rugby, you play cricket. So you bought it, or you did, did it? So you I left, bought you it. Left Canole, it you left Canole. At 10 years old. Not, not to go back there, <laughs> not to return, <laughs> oh. unfortunately. So the story has it that I brought up in the West, but I, I escaped when I was 10. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so at school, so at school I played cricket and I captain school cricket there. And, uh, and I worked out if I did athletics rather than rugby and I could get out of rugby, 
Um, I worked out that most of the tournaments and things were in the week, so on a Saturday I could get out and go to football somewhere. So I could either watch the city or I could go up the downs with my boots and, and get a game on pitch 52 or something like that. <laughs> so, and, and that was that was it going through school. The only other place I played, because of the lads at Red, Red Catch and that, I'd moved by then, down, my parents moved to Backwell. And um, the young lad, Steve James, at the time in Totterdown, he formed a team and that was Brisington Rangers Juniors. Uh, so I played for them a few times, uh, got beaten really heavily and then one day he turned up with a lad and it was Keith Fear. And I think we won about 8-0 yeah. and 7-0 or somewhere like that. He scored all the goals. Yeah, he scored the goals. <laughs> and I think after that, Vivian turned up as well. Yeah. But So I only played a few times for them. So I remember playing for them and that was sort of happy days. Um, but I guess there was no football really till I was about 15 or 16. And um, and it, it, at that time, we moved to Backwell. When I was home, I used to go and play in the park or whatever. And a guy came up to me one day, just uh, said, can I have a word with you? And he said, um, there were three blokes who run the football club. There was a chap called Bill Ketcher, Bill Roberts and Bill Coggins. So Billy Coggins and um, obviously his old, his old Man was famous. He'd play for Everton in goal or whatever. Well, Bill's, it, Bill's, Bill's dad, Bill's dad did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He ran the Rising Sun. His dad oh, when he right. packed up football. And um, Billy Coggin said to me, he said, um, he said, would you like to come training with Backwell? And I said, uh, well, okay, I'm not doing anything. So I turned up, went training, and then after I didn't know anybody there. How old were you now? So I was about sixteen. Yeah. And, you know, I was in my holidays. Yeah. And the, the only people I knew there, there was one lad locally called Brian, Brian Durban, who was, a, who was a really decent player and he sort of played, I don't know, Western League or whatever. Uh, other than that, there was the captain was Brian Bennett, who was, who was related, to, related to Derek. Remember Derek Hucker? Hucker, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's so, right. It's so, his wife's so, Yeah, dad. so Brian played, was Mr. Backwell, played, scored hundreds of goals for him. I don't know what league they played in. They must have played in the Suburban League, I think, at the time. And he said, uh, so I trained, and he said to me afterwards, he said, look, he said, I've got some good news. I want you to play on Saturday at, at Ashton Gate. And I said... What, the home of Bristol City? So, I, well, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. And then he explained to me that if you come off Benister Bridge and turn right and go up with the Stoke Road, opposite the Robins, there's a, there's a pitch there, and we're playing Forest Street yeah. Old Boys. <laughs> so, well, I made, well, you weren't far out there, was you? I made, yeah, no. So I meet with Davey from back on it, it's Forest Street Old Boys, and uh, so I was about 16. I played a few games for them when I was back and was home and whatever. And then, um, and then when I was eighteen, I went to went to London, went to university. Uh, at university, you know, that's the first time I saw like football pitches. It was just unbelievable. You know, all, they shared them a lot of them with the pro clubs. So like Arsenal uh, had um, shared the university ground, London Colney, and England played there. Um, and then the university side played down at uh, Motspur Park. Uh, which is where Fulham took it over eventually as their training ground, beautiful ground. Uh, so I thought, yeah, I'll try and have some of this and get in the side or whatever. And I got, I played a little bit in the first year, a little bit at the beginning of the second year, and I got in the team about halfway through the second what year. What position did you play, eh? I played normally down the right-hand side. Um, if you played a three up top, I'd play on the right-hand side of three, or I'd play right of a four-four-two. Uh, sometimes I'd play up top, but in truth... Um, at that age, uh, I was strong, I was fit, and reasonably quick, but 
a little bit of ability on the ball, but other than that, I didn't understand the game. I just did not understand. <laughs> I just, you know, I was 18 years old. I haven't played. I had no background in playing. Yeah. You know, so my only experience to play on the downs would go and play with. Did your brothers not play football? No, no, none of them played. No, no they were all. That's different. quite strange, isn't yeah. it? The yeah. Family of boys. Yeah. No, one of my brothers played cricket. All right. I uh, love cricket, so we go out the camping ground together. A good, and the imperial ground when Somerset played down there or something like that. But other than that, no. So. um so yeah, I worked hard at it, tried to get in the side and I got on the university side and yeah, I played uh, I played a season and a half there and by that time, yeah, I, I was quite effective going forward. But if someone had coached me, I began to be coached, we had a bloke called John Lacey, I don't know if you remember yeah, him, John, yeah, John he, yeah. so he played at Fulham in Tottenham yeah. and he used to train us and, uh, and he started, you know, just basically getting you in good positions when the ball broke down, you know, just fill in this gap here. No, you don't need to tackle, just stand up, push him here, push him there, do this. When you're in possession of the ball, as soon as you know, you make a run for the defender and start doing things I never really thought about. And um, yeah, so I played there for a year and a half and it was quite good. And I thought, oh, well, you know. Uh, but then I came back originally for an, uh, to start my accountancy in Bristol. And when I came back, um, by that time, Backward had gone into the gone into Somerset League. Somerset, I think yeah. there were, then there was one Gloucester County League and two Somerset divisions, yeah, and they went into yeah. the bottom one. So approximately, what year is this? So that would have been that would have been about seventy six. Yeah, yeah, about seventy six at that time. And um, I am like a broken record here, but Somerset Senior Football, but then mm. was a real good standard because it, you were Somerset yeah. Senior yeah. straight into the Western League. That's right. There Southern League. Well, it was only one division. Town, was it? I was trying to think yeah. about this yeah. yesterday. And yeah. there was no conference. No, then. no, because I can remember the first few games I played. You know, we played sort of Shepton Mallet, and you know, we played Ilminster. We played against both of them. I remember playing against both. Yeah. And so I, I, I went back, and he, he put me in that side when they started off. Uh, I don't know who would have been in who would have been in that side. Gra Graham Jenkins, you remember Graham Jenkins? Yeah. yeah, Graham played then. He was there, um, and soon after that, Steve Jenks came. Um, but for one season, Bill Coggins was a manager, and I think that season, I think the second, yeah, they had one season Somerset while I was away, and that was the second one. I think we got promoted that year into the top division, yeah. um, and then at that time. There are a few other lads locally, I don't know, Mickey Roberts, do you know Mickey Roberts? No, he was an Elsie boy. Um, and then there are lads about like Alan Wright, um, oh, Malcolm Darbin, Johnny Owen played. Johnny Owen went, uh, left Backwell and moved his business out of Backwell. He used to have the supermarket on the main road. Moved down <coughs> to Tiverton and he became manager of Tiverton. Right. And he got them really going through the leagues and then he passed it on to Dodge to Martin yeah, Rogers. Rogers yeah. So he was manager the first time they went to Wembley, and then from then on, Dodge did it. So he played, he played at the back, um, and there were some quite good lads there, and we got promoted that year. And then the the following season, that first division of Somerset, uh, we really struggled badly. We were, yeah, really, really struggling. And um, it was more enjoyable then in those days because the Sunday League was really good side down the road we had park furnishers and we had some really good players yeah. playing there like we had uh so i played there with steve jenks um there was alan Roy, was he a good player Robin. steve jenks because he keeps telling me he was but i, I got me doubts but 
Tony, you take it. Take, take it from me. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you honestly, I, I often quote, quote Steve Jenks to people in there. Some lads can play football till they're 30 and never understand it. Play it till they're 40 and never understand it. He turned up when he was 18, he just seemed to understand it. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you're at the back, you see everything in front of you, you're pulling right back in the air, you're holding midfield player in the air. You, you come in here and then he hit it down the side for Graham in the channel. Yeah, he did, he talk, so you he did talk a good, he, good game. He did, he understood it. He no, just he, understood it. If he'd had pace, he would have been a very, very good player. Yeah, but he, he was, was, he's he was always a tough, tough opponent yeah. and mm. uh, he's a nice bloke. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> so were you at the, there at the start of the Johnny Severn era? Yeah, so it was, it was really that second season that I'd come back from London um, I played all over the place and we weren't doing very, very well. And um, just after Christmas, Bill Coggins turned up, he was managing it, and he said one day, he said, um, uh, it, Johnny Southern's going to play, he's going to play at the back. And he came and played, so he's about 34, 35 by then. And then about a month later, he said, Look, John's taken over as manager. So I played another couple of months that season. Um, and at the end of that season, um, I moved back to moved back to London to finish my training. Uh, uh, um, so I didn't really play. I played for him literally half a season, yeah. and a few lads had come in by then. So Steve Jenks, Graham Jenks was there. I think Yoa came in. I think Yoa came in and played. I can't remember who else came in. It was before the Buxtons. Dave Anderson might have come about that time. Um, no grizzly bear. Yeah, but it was just. <laughs> but he straight away, you know, his ethos was we're going to make this really tough. And in fairness, you know, some of the ground you go and play throughout some so you play on some difficult pitches and whatever, and you had to be tough. Yeah. It really but he physical. did drag him in from sort of South Bristol, didn't he? Oh, you're, you're wow. Your yeah, they really, really did. Wood. So it was really interesting. So I went away, and I went away for two or three years, and I, so I played a little bit in London then, played for a site called Ulysses, who were the old university old boys almost in the Athenian League. Um, there was Spartan League, Athenian League, and Isthmian yeah. League at that time. And uh, and probably they played at Motsborough Park, and Motsborough Park was really good, great place to play, and um, really enjoyed that. And that's probably the best football I played then because it suited me a little bit. Because if you're playing wide right, or you know, nice you're pitches. yeah on nice pitches and that there's space and people passed it. And people, it was really strange because suddenly in Somerset, people come in, smack you, whatever happened, people were standing up, standing up and trying to push you that way or that way. And I thought, what's going on here? This is, you know, it was interesting. It, it was interesting. So probably that's as well as I played. And, and the following season, I was asked to go to Hampton. They're now, uh, they were in the Athenian League, just about to go into the Athenian League. I spent a pre-season there and did okay. And then I did my, I did my medial ligaments in my knee and I was out for quite a time with it. It was probably quite a simple injury today, but no one understood what was no. going on. You know, you were messing about with injuries for ages. If someone had said it's ice and friction or something like that, I'd been right in those yeah. time. But I was out till Christmas, I think. And by that time, the opportunity with Hampton had gone. And I went back to Ulysses, played there probably another year. And I think in about 82, I came home. And uh, first bought calls Backwell, went to see Backwell. Saw them play like that, and I thought, <laughs> well, I'm not going to play here. No chance I'm going to get in this side, you know, the way they were. And fair play, they were winning the league, you know, all the time with you at Robson and whatever. It was interesting, interesting times, but wow, it was, um, it was tough football. Mm. But you really. did stay there, didn't you? Well, basically, because I couldn't get in the side, couldn't get in the side. I used to go training, and Sween was doing the training, and I, stopped, I sort of morphed 
into doing the training a little bit um, as I come back because at quite a young age I'd done I'd done the licenses as they were then was the prelim and you could also do an intermediate yeah. Yeah. and I did those when I was in London mm-hmm. I did those when I was in London and they knew that I'd done a bit so I helped with the training a little bit but I thought well I want to play I'm not going to get in this team I couldn't get in the team no chance so I went and played for about a year or 18 months at Nelsie did, did you do your coaching badges because, you know, you said earlier, you know, not understanding the game? Yeah. Is that why you went back and done them? Yeah, I wanted to understand it, really. Yeah. So, and I didn't understand it. I, you know, I played, I watched I watched so much football because as a kid, I would go anywhere to watch a game. Yeah. You know, I by the time I was 18, I'd been to about 70 league grounds in the country, you know, hitchhiking around the country, watch Bristol City and things like that. And I, that's, I, that's I, sad, I, I know, <laughs> it, I know. No, don't be bitter. Don't be bitter. I, I just remember I come from the red three quarters of Bristol, yeah. right? So, I, I, yeah, I, I just, I really wanted to understand it. So yeah. I, so I did them, and also it was, yeah, it was something of interest. And you went to a good venue, like I did, did mine at Motspur Park, yeah. and that. So that was great, but. But I knew that, so at that time, I think I'm right in saying, tell me if I'm wrong, you had to then, after you did your intermediate, be invited to do your A licence. And you could go on a couple of training days, which when I came back in about 82, 83, I went on a couple of days at Bath University. And I wasn't. It was Dave Burnside. Yeah. And he didn't, I wasn't invited uh, (laughs) because I wasn't very good. And I thought, well, you know, um, uh, but I showed an interest in it. And I, and I thought, I've got to learn more about this and come back at a later date when I do understand it. So, um, yeah, so I, so I went and played for Nelsey for about 18 months and then John rang me up one day and he said, look, Sweeney ain't going to be able to do, do the training at all. You come back and, you know, do it. So I went back. I should have got a boxing licence, but I... Uh, <laughs> um, so that must was, have been interesting, training. So that was about, yeah, so that was about eight, 84 and I took it for the next five or six years, really, down there. And it changed quite a lot. John... Then suddenly, about eighty three, eighty four, we went in Western League. John took over. Um, sorry, John. We went in the Western League, and then he did about three years, and then he packed up in about eighty six. You went Engrave. Did he go Engrave? Um, I don't. Rust, I, don't I don't really know what he did. Yeah. John was. What can I say? John, look, John was life and soul of the party. He built a great club socially. You wouldn't get a better group of lads. Uh, what he did, the work he put in. Well, they say about managers guy, having players that play for him. I mean, was, they play for John. Oh, uh, was yeah. Then, so much, so much work he put in, and you learn something from everybody. Just mm-hmm. watch them and what they do, and you know the effort that he put into the whole thing was absolutely fantastic. But when it came to the football inside. In, in the early days, Graham Jenkins played quite a part with Steve Jenks, and, and then obviously Sween's influence became great. And probably on the field, Steve Jenks was his general, and between them, him and Sween, you know, it made a, a massive impact on it. And you just, I, the one thing I learned more than anything else was if you've got a fit team, God, we were fit. We trained. When I said I was well, coaching, Sweden I was, was training. Involved. Jerry Sweeney was involved. I mean, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I know. I know. Sweeney was with me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Sweeney. Yeah, I said to, I can remember, like, in the last days of Sweeney, Sweeney had been on low. He'd been up to York to play for a short period after City. And um, he came back just out of the blue one night. He's there and... Uh, and I said, look, I don't want to do too much running with them tonight. If anyone wants to go for a run, I'm, I'm doing a half marathon next week. 
and I'm, I'm going to have a run myself with a couple of lads afterwards if they want to do it or anything. He said, half marathon. He said, I'll come and run with you afterwards. So, and I can remember we went, we went out to Chelvey running and, uh, you know, it's quite a good pace, great. And you go through the back roads and you come up by Brockley Fruit Store on the crossroads yeah, there. Yeah. And when you get to the crossroads and you turn left, there's just a little slope there. And uh, I thought, well, I'll just work my way into this. And I, I went a little bit quicker and he's just on the shoulder there. And we went around the corner and he just disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that mile and a half straight, they've done a new and back row. He just gone and he went at a pace which, uh, uh, you know, he, he would have been an athlete, the boy, he would have been a distant runner, but great attitude within a great bloke. So, so yeah, that was, that was back on at the time. It was, it was, um, it was interesting. But I think the one thing that was so interesting was if you get a really fit side together, I think this came out in the World Cup. Think of all your very minor sides in it. You know, think of your Canada. So they lost three games, but they were close games. Think of, you know, Morocco. Ghana, Morocco, yeah. Sierra Leone, Saudi, etc. You know, the inferior players throughout in their squads, etc., etc. But, God, how fit were they and how organised were they out of possession? And, and if you like that, if you like that, how difficult is it to play against? Yeah. And it was for everyone. And I think just thinking back back one in that day, it must have been so difficult to play against. It was, um, yeah, it, it was, it was brutal football, but it was. Steve, Steve Book, he um, on the, through social media, I put a picture up when Pelly passed um, just recently with him, Franz Beckenbauer, and Bobby Charlton, and he sent me a little message. Rico, do you think these players were coached? Mm. <laughs> and I replied. No, not a chance. But what they were were students of the game. Yeah. And I think, you know, you saying about Jenks and Sween, mm. Mm. you know, when we played Dave, you know, when Bobby Jones was our manager, yeah. he didn't coach us. No. But no. we had senior players that, yeah, that's right. yeah. they, they, they yeah. coached us. That's like what Eddie said, you were being coached. You yeah. take a bit no. off everyone you come across, yeah, don't you? You, you, you take do. that knowledge I, on. I, I think, yeah, I think so much of that goes on. And I, and I, and I think it does through the leagues now. I mean, we'll talk about conference later, but, you know, I, I just think in football generally you watch it and that certain players, if you've got in important positions, so influential, yeah, I mean, certainly in the lower leagues, they, they do coach the players through and that was very much the case there. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But you go to the highest level, don't you? I mean, Guardiola, he coaches them the way he wants them to yeah. play. And yeah. they're all great players. I mean, he people like Sterling I think mm. he improved Sterling no massively do you yeah. know what I mean and yeah. hopefully it'll work with Grealish unless he sells him but yeah. there's people you see and he no. takes them but he wants them to play no. the way he wants to play no. and makes them better players but you have to remember Dave that you know I mean it seems though everyone these days wants to play like Man City I saw about three games last week where people gave the ball away in their own six yard box mm. and gave goals away and, and unfortunately it's a great way to play but surely common sense tells you if your players aren't good enough, get out yeah. to the fullback quickly and let's start playing from there, that angle, or yeah. let's pop it in somewhere into the mid. There must be a way out other than playing it around your penalty area. We, we mentioned them earlier with the, with the uh, working for the FA and the coaching badges when you did your coaching badge. Mm. But Dave Burnside said that you, to me, you know, mm. you've you got to be able to coach your players to, to, to do what they're good at. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, mm. to me, you know, edit, kick it, Rico, and give it to those that can play. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, and I, I've, all, I've mentioned on this previously. You know, I wish somebody had just turned around and said, "Well, you don't have to kick it down the channel all the time." You know, if you played in midfield when early days at Bath, mm. you, 
chasing the ball, weren't you? <laughs> and then de- defending the other 18-yard box, you know? So, yeah. yeah. But, it but it was a bit like the backwards situation at Bath, wasn't it? We had a lot of people that could hurt people. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the amount of times people have said that. And, and we did. We had to, you had to look after yourselves and yeah. look after your teammates. Yeah. So you, so after that, it, it Backwell, then I, I did. I managed the reserves for a season, and um, that was that was in Somerset. Started a reserve side, managed them for a season, and then Mike Kelly by then had t- taken over the first team, and he said, "Right, okay, will you come and help me for a season?" And uh, so I was assistant to him. So this must be in about eighty eight, eighty nine, something like that. And um, the first season I did it, we we were runners up. So we should have won promotion in top, top division. I'm not quite, I don't know who we were runners up to. I don't think it was Tiverton. I think Tiverton had gone up the year before. But we were runners up and we had a pretty decent side, some good lads there. Um, a few, obviously Mike's ethos was, he wanted to see a bit more football, as I did. Was so that we, the start of the Buxtons in that? No, the, Bucks, the Buxtons had gone, basically, oh, right. then. That was the end of them, really. Yeah. You know, um, the only one sort of surviving around that, the Buxtons were still about, played a little bit. Dave Anderson still might have played a little bit. Steve Jenks might have had the odd game there. He, I think he did have a spell that season when we went up, actually. Um, but that was coming to the end of their first-team right. football. In midfield by then, I think we signed Brian Curtis. Yeah. And... Um, we had uh, lad Steve Spalding I don't know if you remember yeah, him yeah. he played one side and Ricky Paul the other side Stevie Winter and they were both pretty good yeah Stevie, Stevie Winter yeah. the good Which Steve was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting involved in that <laughs> so yeah so we had those lads either side uh, I don't know Bob Jenny Mike Goff at the back um, yeah we, we were we were, oh, Nigel Wing came and played from Nelson. He scored a few, didn't he? Yeah, he scored a few goals. He Decent him. He was underrated him. Um, yeah, he was very difficult to play against. He mm. used his body really well, mm. and so you could sort of bounce it off him in all sorts of positions. So it's great for the wide lad. Yeah. Um, so he was, yeah. So that was quite a good season, enjoyable season. But at the end of that season, we couldn't go up. And you probably, I think you covered this with Mike Kelly. Um, we couldn't go up. So at the end of that season. Um, Welton gave us a shout they came bottom of the Premier Division and you know there was a decision to make should we go out there so me and Mike went to Welton and um, we had a season out there they'd come bottom the previous year we got a few new lads out there I don't know sort of Mar- uh, Martin Wilmore uh, was it Rovers I was trying to think the lads Bob Jelly with us came with us a few lads came with us four or five came Bob Jelly was a keeper wasn't he he was a keeper yeah. a really tall lad yeah, um, but we yeah we 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 did okay I think we came ended up 13th 14th which was really the start of a sort of three year plan but somehow I just couldn't the club had been in a bad place. I don't think it ever recovered from 10 years earlier when they were a real top Western yeah. League side. You know, they spent the money or whatever. So um, I, I was there that season, left at the end of the season. Mike stayed. Um, and by that time, I really wanted to manage. I just was desperate to manage. And um, so I did a bit of scouting for a few people. I remember I did a bit for... So John Murphy was out at Trowbridge. I did a bit of work for him, just scouting. And then I did a bit for John Rennish, who was at Weston with Moggy. Yeah. Scouting players or scouting teams or scouting really scouting players most of the time. Right. And and to be honest, at that time, you know, you take out that layer of 
media that you've got now and you know all the information you've got you think late 80s early 90s if you did the hard yards and you watched and got your eyes on players you got the players and a lot of people weren't doing it because they weren't organized it was just a bit you know read the paper i fancy him he scored a few goals yeah that lad scored you know barry flippant scored 40 goals okay well yeah he's got to be a good player you know that sort of thing but there were plenty of players out there to scout so i did that i did that for a little bit and then in what night two steve jenks had managed for a couple of years at back when i went back there as manager um i spent three years there so we were in uh let's get this right so we were we were in the second division of of the western league yeah. and i think we did something like um eighth sixth and third uh when we came third that's when you were at prison you won it yeah right. i remember that yeah. season and um uh, basically, when we when we played against Dave, we decided we had some man-to-man marking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? Do you follow so, you everywhere? Uh, well, I just remember getting kicked by the first lock. I remember the second lock. <laughs> I was older then. So, I still yeah. got nightmares of Angry Anderson, <laughs> Rendell. <laughs> oh, you can play a bit Dave's way. He's a good lad. Um, so yeah, so so that was uh, that was three years, and then we got promoted there. Um, yeah, we got promoted there, uh, and I had another two years. I think we came back sixth in the Premier, and then the year after we didn't do so well. We were sort of mid-table, something like that, and and I just thought it was time to move on. Really, um, I, I just needed. I'd probably done all I possibly could there, and it just needed. And I wanted, I wanted to get in Southern League football, yeah. which of course I hadn't played. But I wanted to get in there, and I then I'd done a bit of work for Rello, I'd done a bit for Murphy at Trowbridge. So um, yeah, that was. To did be you the next did move. you watch their training sessions? Although you're scouting for them in that time, did you watch their training sessions? Yeah, I did. I, I did. I, I did. I, yeah, I did. I did both of them really. Yeah. I did watch them play and watch their sessions. Um, well, it was interesting really because at the time Trowbridge were. So Murphy had a good career as a manager. He'd been one of the best managers, really, in, yeah. in, 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 in non-league for a long time. He'd managed at Cheltenham, and he did, he did so well at Trowbridge, really. Um, but they were, what can I say? They were sort of, most of the time, sort of pretty basic, 4-4-2. Again, a very, very tough side, resilient side. Um, but he had, obviously, what we've been talking about, sort of more mobility about it. He had a lot of quite mobile players down the flanks. He always had a few um, decent goal scorers, people who, you know, um, and and he was always tough at the back. I don't know whether Mike Kilgore was there then. I'm trying to think. He had Marcus Bray and people like that. So uh, so he had a, you know, exterminator or two. Um, so that they were a very tough and resilient side. Um, watching Western, well, uh, Western Rello was there with Moggy. Uh, Len Ashurst had just gone, uh, but I'd been down there a little bit when he was there. His his sessions were something I hadn't seen before, a lot more organised than anything I'd seen before. Because Rello was involved with, with, with FAW Wales, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. So, well, he, yeah, he, yeah, and obviously I came on at later date to work with him at Merthyr and that. So. And a lovely bloke. What Rel? He's he's the yeah he's a gentleman. I'll tell you about Rel in a minute. <laughs> so he so that was you know that was interesting what I learned at that stage and um, 
I was desperate to get in Southern League, but nothing happened, and I wanted a job as manager, and I wasn't going to just scout all my life or whatever. So, um, yeah, one day I had a call from Ray, the chairman at, at Welton, and they were bottom of, they'd just been bottom of Division One of the Western League. And my thinking was, look, I don't want to do this again. Um, I've had two promotions in the Western League, I don't want to do it again, but there isn't a job out there for me at this moment in time. If I do really, really well, someone might just give me a chance. Yeah. So they were bottom. bottom. I went there in the first season, I think we came 16th uh, in that Division One. And then at that time, I knew a couple of lads. I knew a lad, Mark Evans at Poulton, and I knew Stuart Meinel, and, and about six of them signed for me. And the following season, we looked as though we were going to run away with that league. Um, but it didn't quite work out in the end. We got a few injuries. I know Greg Taylor was badly injured. Um, and I think Slocum was in midfield. We lost a few. But anyway, to cut a long story short, we ended up runners up. Uh, it was very strange. It was promotion. I remember the day we won promotion there and we came off the field and it just felt as though no, nobody celebrated anything. And we just walked off. We, we got promoted. Yeah. Which was the purpose of going there. And. I sat because back. you haven't won it. Yeah, we haven't won it. Yeah. Winning, winning it was everything. Yeah. Uh, we haven't won it, but we got promoted. Who beat you, eh? Uh, Devices. Devices. And Devices at the time, they suddenly, one of those, thrown a little bit of money at it. They had a couple of lads, I'm trying to think, that little lad on the right, Stevie Campbell, you remember? He went up, He went to Forest Green. They bought him for quite, Frank bought him for quite a bit of money. Yeah. Just after that, he scored, I don't know, about 40 goals in the season or something like that. He was probably the difference, but... In fairness, in fairness, you know, we'd, um, we, I signed a lot of experienced players and they're past their sell by date, most of them, but like Perro came and played. Did it Andy Perro? Yeah, he was on the bench most of the time. And I have to tell you, in case he ever listened, <laughs> he, uh, he came on his sub in a game. And I was trying to think the other night when I know I was going to speak to you about who it was. I think it was Warminster. And it was 82 minutes played. It was about 82, 83 minutes played and you were winning 2 0. All right? And we're kicking, kicking down the slope at Welton, at Welton, and we were all over them, but just couldn't score. And they nearly broke away and scored, and and I think they even missed the penalty. And he came on his substitute. I said, "Go and finish the game off for us, Perry." He went on something like the 82nd minute. There were four or five minutes of injury time, and it, in less than 15 minutes, he scored five goals. <laughs> <laughs> Get in there. And we won. <laughs> <laughs> and we won and we won 7-0 <laughs> we won 7-0 and I remember it to this day I remember it so well because I don't see anything quite like it yeah. now the other thing I have to say about Perry is he insisted that I went down and picked him up when I could and gave him a lift to Welton so I had this uh, I just had this new car I was really bright, proud of all bright and shiny and he told me where he lived and I came down the street and there's sort of crowd halfway down the street <laughs> So Perro comes out of his house and he says, hey, all right, ready? And he's got, he's got his little boy with him. Was it Ryan? His yeah, boy? yeah, yeah. He little no more. So he, jumped, old, he jumped. So he jumped. He said, jump in the back, son. He gets in the back. <laughs> Perry gets in the car. And they're all like clapping because he's going, <laughs> going down the street, flags out. I thought, what the hell is going on here? So that was Perro. That was Perro. He was. Uh, he used good. to score the goals, didn't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I played him a few times and I still amazed he didn't seem to do too much but he just mm. dropped his shoulder and three people would fall down and he went yeah, no, <laughs> and he no, just he rolled the ball in the net 
Brilliant. They were all in six yard box. I think yeah. two or three of them were just back to goal, come in there. Yeah. He went to go that way, turned that and just rolled it in there. It yeah. was just, but he had that, a knack. Great. So that was good times. So then it went and I just spoke to them and said, um, I said, right, okay, what are you going to do to the ground? Because we're going to get in the southern knee. Nice and positive, and they said, "Well, you won't. <laughs> you got no chance. You got no chance." So that's what you want to hear, isn't yeah, it? So um, village mentality. Yeah. <laughs> and we got to we got to November, and Taunton, I think it was Taunton, were top, and Chippenham were just behind them, and we were third, and just about two points behind them. I said to them, "I said, right, you know, we're third, top three, a little bit more money." put some covering down that side and that end so we qualify or whatever to go in the Southern League. No. So um, so I left. It's and Stuart Minor took over. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But he had a rivalry, didn't he, with Porton? And Porton did yeah. go on, didn't they? And they were yeah, literally well, we, out the road. But it, at the time, we suddenly gone past Porton in a very... Yeah. So we said two and a half years, we went from the bottom of the first division, third in the Prem, and they did nothing. And then I just thought, look, you know, I've got to get in the Southern League at least and uh, get another job. So uh, nothing, nothing came up for a little while. I had nothing on, and I just thought I'd go and watch a bit of football, see what happened. And this was about the November. Nothing happened over Christmas, and then in January, sometime late in January, I had a call one day from Friggy, and I knew Friggy because he'd managed Chippenham and whatever. And I, he always spoke. And John Freegard. Where are those his nicknames we got? Just and, in case. And he always had. He didn't he, manage Chippenham, did he? <laughs> and he always had a bad joker too. So, um, so Friggy said, "My mate would like to speak to you. He's taken over a side in Southern Lee. So, is it all right if he calls you?" And it was Chris Smith. Yeah, yeah Smudge. 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 So. Yeah. So I didn't know so much, I'd seen him play and I knew that he'd been working with Frank at uh, Forest Green. So he called me and he said, uh, Edie, he said, you've been recommended by, um, uh, by Friggy. Would you, would you help me? I'm taking over this side. And um, I said, well, where is it? He said, it's Cinderford. And uh, I said, yeah, great. He said, well, can you come up training um, Tuesday night? Something like that and we'll have a chat. And I said, well, I'll see how it goes. You know, let's meet each other. Let's see if we, we fit or whatever. So put the phone down, looked, and it's uh, end of January, and they got nine points. Yeah, the problem was, <laughs> I, were, I were eight points adrift of Sutton Confield, oh, and, and uh, either two or three are going down. I thought, what am I doing? What am I doing? Is this? I thought, well, I've got nothing else to do, so let's have a go. So I went and met him, and he said, well, he said, do you, do you know any players you can bring from Bristol? And... Um, we talked about a few and uh, Danny Hunt came, Shunter. Yeah. 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 So Shunter came and then he, Chris was best man to Steve Cottrell at his, his wedding. We're yeah. really close with him. So he went to... Still is. Yeah. So he went to, um, he went to Cots at Cheltenham and he gave him three players, Mark Richards, midfielder, who head of sport at Hartbury. Hartbury. Yeah. Um, he gave him Gareth Hopkins, tall dark lad should have done a lot better the boy he had had it all and a lad called uh, Lee Burtby left back who was very very good but just crazy lad but so they came in um, uh, Steve Campbell who had been at Devizes was it had been injured at Forest Green was just coming back and Frank um, let us have him on loan for three months which we which we took uh, Bradley Thomas was there uh, John Hook uh, anyway, it turned out actually within a couple of weeks we we had quite a good side, and uh, 
So the first week, first week we played away, I can't remember, somewhere in Birmingham, centre of Birmingham. Um, and uh, all I can remember is the few fans who turned up had been giving Gareth Watkins a load of abuse. These were a Cinderford fan. And as soon as the game finished, I'm in the dugout like this, about to shake hands, smudge disappeared, ran across the pitch, jumped in the crowd, jumped into the crowd and started threatening them all. I bring someone on, on loan, don't you dare ever insult him. I thought, oh. God, this is fun. So that was that was my first game in uh, in in Southern League football. He um but after that I think we lost the following week and then we had fifteen games unbeaten. I think we won thirteen, drew two, something like that. Oh, and we finished up finished up twelfth. Yeah, fair play. So um so actually that gave me what I was looking for. It gave me an opportunity. So Smudge, for some reason, Frank had meanwhile packed up at Forest Green. Smudge, he kept on and on to Smudge to go with him to Aberystwyth in the League of Wales. And he agreed to go. And I said, well, look, we could have a good season next year. No, no. So they offered me the job. And I just thought, I thought most of the lads were going. The lone players weren't there. What, going with Smudge? To... Well, two or three went to Aberystwyth. Yeah. Um, the lone players went back to Cheltenham and whatever. I was left with about four players. Yeah. And I thought, I don't know the north of the county that well. And it's that level. For the money they had, it had to be quite local to there. Yeah. I didn't know the Forest of Dean. I didn't want to get to know the Forest of Dean too close. <laughs> Never village mentality. <laughs> um, but they were lovely to me. They were yeah. lovely to me. But uh, when they wanted to take me on a night out, no, no, I don't want to go on a night out. Not in Colford, all right? So, so, but in, but in fairness, so they offered me the job and that helped as well. Then I thought possibly get, uh, it got me a... You took the job? No, I didn't take it. Uh, right, like, okay. I was going to take it and I had a couple of other interviews and... I chatted a few people. By then, I knew Rello pretty well, and Rell said, "Don't take it. Don't take it." He said, "It won't help you." He said, "He said if um, if I get you know if I get a decent job, by then I think he'd left Western." He said, "If I get a decent job, I'll take you with me." And so I just um, didn't do anything for a, a, a few months. I did a bit of skating again for a couple of people, and and then. Again, nothing happened, so just a bit frustrated. Didn't know what was going to happen. Then, by then, Murph had left Trowbridge, and he took the job at Swindon Supermarine. And they were they'd gone in Southern League, and it was um, it was just before Christmas. And he rang me up and he said, "Would you come and run it with me?" He said, "I've got you know, I've got to sign a few players. Keith Knight's come in, and this player's coming." Ian Howell and a few other lads who were decent lads, but at the end of their days or whatever. And he said, um, he said, were you coming out me? So I'm going to throw this one in. Mm. Ian Howell, he wasn't a good player, was he? <laughs> He's a good guy. He listens every week and after just having a bit of banter. <laughs> so you don't have to answer that. He was, he, was good, he was a good golfer. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, see, I see him quite often scouting yeah. and he's... Uh, yeah, he's a great lad. Yeah, great lad, and he yeah. did a good job for us. So, yeah. So, yeah. So looked at looked at Murph said, "Come and help me." I looked at it. They had three points in December. Really? Three points bottom of the league in December, and I thought, surely if I go there and we could get out of this, then surely that'll get me a job. You are the Messiah. So, <laughs> so I went he's there. A yeah, so I went there. I went there with Murph. 
and enjoyed it. He was a good fun guy. Um, we did, in truth, we didn't have a great side, but we had quite a physical side, and we got out of it. Yeah. So, so what did you do? That, that, I, you, mm. you said about you brought players in. Mm. What did know? we do? Yeah. Well, in in that level, in that level, in Southern League football, and I think this goes this this applies to the conference as well, really, Tane. I think I think your recruitment is absolutely everything. If you if you're going somewhere and you look, if you've got a, a reasonable group with some physicality about them that you can organise, that you can organise and and you think out of possession, right, we're gonna be really, really difficult to break down, then then that's a great start. But you've got to somewhere along the line, you, you can get your set plays in both boxes, right, which are, are massive in the Southern League in the conference, mm -hmm. I think. You can get that right, but you've got to find some goals from somewhere. Yeah. And that requires that little bit of money. And we managed to get a couple of lads, one on loan, I think, I can't remember the lads exactly, but I know we have one lad scored about 12 or 14 goals for us. And that brought him in, and a couple of loan players going forward gave us a little bit of pace and just a little bit of experience all around. So I think Howler came in, um, I'm just trying to think the others, but we just had a little bit of stability, stability about it. We organised it out of possession. Defensively, we were really quite really quite strong. We just, they'd been shipping goals and we stopped that, but we weren't prolific at the other end. So we got by, we got some results, we chipped it out, but it wasn't like what we'd done at Cinderford suddenly, we just had really good players and we managed to accumulate and, and we were going playing really extrovert football. Yeah, I, you, you're spot on in, in my opinion and it is only my opinion, but if, if your team doesn't know what you want them to do mm. in possession mm. and out of possession, mm. then you, you've you not got much of a chance. And you're always looking for your A players, aren't you? Your, your goal scorer, your goalkeeper, yeah. your centre-half, your mm. centre-midfield. They're, they're your A players. Yeah. And, and you always need, you know, at Bath Day, we, we defended for our lives, didn't we? Mm. Yeah. We just soak it up and catch no, teams on I, the break. Yeah, can, but we were yeah, organised, mm. you know. And, mm. and mm. for any young manager or coach out there listening to this at this moment in time, there's two of us, mm. you know, quite experienced, or three of us, sorry, Dave, mm. are quite experienced. <laughs> 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 um, Very experienced. You know, they, yeah. they have yeah. been there, done it, yeah. and, and, and both saying the same, or all I, three I, of us I, saying I, the same things. No, I, I, I think these leagues, I think these, you know, all the non-leagues really, Obviously, now you've got the spice at the top of the National League where you've got some real quality. You know, you've got Wrexham and Notts County and people spending huge money. But below that, anyone below it, anyone below it, if you can organise yourself out of possession, you know, um, really organise yourself and get people really, really fit so that when you break, you break with some intensity, then you've got a chance. Then you've got to find that bit of gold dust. Yeah. And then you can add to that your set plays at both ends, and if you've got those basics, it'll take you an awful long way. And you you mentioned the World Cup, mm. you know, and that's it, the elite level. Yeah, I and, know. But exactly and the they've same. made the difference yeah. by being super fit and being very well organised. They've been so well coached, haven't they? Yeah. You know, they've been so well coached. Yeah. So, um, so, so yeah. So that happened. We stayed there, um, and then we moved. Moved on. Uh, at the end of that season, at the end of that season, I left. 
and um, I went with Rado to him in Andy BT went to uh, went to Merthyr. Um He got the job over there. Uh, we had to start pretty well from scratch because they'd previous in the previous se- se- season, say Leroy had been there and they spent a huge amount of money, and they pretty well went bust. And they wanted to cut the budget from about seven and a half grand to sort of two and a half back grand. And they thought that certainly Rello and Beats, Beats was local to there. Did you know Andy Beatty? He's a Mangus well, for a bit as well, was, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah he yeah. was, he yeah. was, um, yeah, well he was, he, also I think probably what he, what he did more than anything else, Beats was, he was a bit of a hero in Merthyr because he obviously played back in that side in the early 90s. Can you remember they played yeah. Atlanta and, and he caught a final European mm. Cup with his cup. And, and I can remember we, we went there on the first night and they had a, they had a, at one end of the ground, they had a, um, a big social club. And we, we walked in, luckily I'm at the back, Beats walked in, you would have thought, there about six, seven hundred turned up to see him, and you would have thought, well, wow, who is this guy? Yeah. You know, but he he had such an influence, got him, spoke to them, and they loved him to death. And, and it just changed, it, it made for a really good yeah, feeling in yeah. the club altogether. Cool. Um, we've been over there and well, that's, that's very intimidating that is doing that little tunnel yeah. wasn't it, 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 it yeah no it is it's a tough old place so and he was important because he was local obviously Rell and myself were well, Rell's English so you know at the mm. end of the day um, but in the first season at the bottom of the Southern League so we went up we got promoted there but then Beats Beats decided to go walkabout which he often did you know, got in, got in his van and went off to Vietnam or yeah. with his flip flops. He, he was that. He was that. He was that. Yeah. But he was. He was. He was. A, he was just a great father. He was a great coach. He was so in, innovative. He just had a different pair of spectacles onto everybody else, and I learned a lot from him. Really, you know, just get you thinking. Mm. Um, and uh, God, he was about forty-five then. He used to join in training, and he was a bit special. He, you know, you could see being a player. Um, so it was then left to, to, to me and Rel. So um, I knew then I had to up my game, certainly as far as, you know, as far as any coaching was concerned or whatever, because the sort of players they had there, we had a few lads. We had Danny Carter and Andrew York who came from Barry Tang. They'd been really successful in the um, in the Cup Winners Cup. Yeah. Uh, they beat a Porto in one leg and got thrashed in the other leg. And I think Johnny French played in that side as well. But he went over there, so so they came in. There's like centre half who was at Cardiff in Fulham, Jeff Eckhart. Um, yeah, they, they had some. There were some good players there, and they there was no nonsense. It had to be good, you know. Training had to be good. It had to be organised, and yeah, that was that was my break really, where I had a chance. So how long did you stay there, eh? I stayed there another two years, and we were in the playoffs both years. It that was Southern Prem. Uh, we lost on penalties in the final the second year to Hennisford. That's hard to take, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, and I had another dose of that later on, um, losing important game like that. But that was so. But if it still felt the club was struggling financially from what had happened before. Okay. And um, so something had to something had to give, and uh, Rel said, "Look." It, it's too tough a gig going forward. They'll expect us to be at least in the playoffs or win them next time. There's no more money. If anything, they're going to cut it. So we left. So I've been there three years. But it was a great experience. People were good to me there. Mm. Wouldn't have liked to be in English and losing there. 
Um, but, but as it was, it, it worked out quite well. And almost immediately, I had a call from Bath. Gary had Gary has been there, and he got the, he'd taken the Forest Green job. And so they were looking. So you um, went there as his assistant, did you, Gary Howard? Uh, no, Gary was Gary. Said he went to he went for well. It was ironic actually because I bumped into Gary because we played Bath three times in the season. Probably it got us a job. We beat them three times in the season. Yeah, we played really well against them. And I bumped into Gary because uh, out at Sobbury, and he said uh, he said you know uh, contact he didn't know he didn't know I was he lived in the area even he'd seen me from the game. He said, what are you doing? I said, well, we've just left Merthyr. He said, well, talk to you about coming to Bath with me. And then he rang me up the following week. He said, well, actually, I, I, I can't uh, honour that. He said, I'm going to Forest Green as manager. So I said, fair enough. He went, to, he, he went to Forest Green and then Rally rang me up and said, do we want the Bath job? Do we want to go there? So um, Jeff Todd it got in touch with him anyway. Said, do you want, do you want to come along? And I know they, they'd interviewed other people and everyone thought that Steve White would get the job. And you know, because I think he'd previously been at Chippenham, and I think he had, did quite well there. Um, and he'd been with Bowling before that, exactly. after you, wasn't yeah. it? Mm. So he knew Bath, and you know, why he's why he's got a lot of enthusiasm. Good, you know, good guy. And um, so we didn't know whether we would get it or not, but we 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 did get it. Um, uh, I think probably we sat down and thought about it quite hard, and we I think we made it probably quite a good presentation at the time which people didn't generally do mm-hmm. um, and you know we're quite bold in what we said we'll get you promoted in three years and we'll get you two promotions in five years and uh, okay. <laughs> it, it was it was bold it was stupid but um, but we actually did it yeah so um, in, in, in the end um, and yeah so so from there we had um, we were quite lucky because Gary left some good players there. He he left Paul Evans, goalkeeper, who was wow on contract. Uh, on contract. Yeah, he had about five players on contract. He had him. Uh, there was Steve Jones. Yeah, who was who was great player. Steve Jones. Centre-half. Yeah, centre half. He could play in midfield. Yeah. Again, a fantastic athlete. He left Coopy and Coopy uh, and Jimbo, um, Jimmy Rolo, um, our captain, magnificent, and then uh, Scotty Partridge was up front. So good spine. That was a good spine that he left. That took a, a bit of getting into that straight away. We had about four or five players who came from Merthyr. The left back Kettle came. Gethin Jones came. Who was only twenty one then, and he should have been in the league. Yeah. Um, he was a very he was a very good player. Yeah. He was a, a really good player. And then we signed. Um, we went away that summer. I went with Rail and uh, Beats. They were running the Welsh C team. Picked up a couple of lads from that Holloway and Ad Harris. Uh, came out of the world C team and came and played. Um, and who did we pick up other than that? Um, I'm trying to think. Does have all of those contacts? There, there were a yeah. couple. There, there were a couple of others that we signed at that time. So it straight away it was quite a reasonable sign. Yeah. Um, but it didn't go terribly well in the first season. I think probably we got to Christmas and we were playing sixth or seventh, and everyone expected us to be. I don't know. They just expects us to win it. So it was a lot of pressure. A lot of people saying, oh, it was a bad mistake you took them on, not Steve White, etc. And then after Christmas, um, after Christmas, we just had a, a great run and we ended up... Did it bother you? Did, did it? Did, did people were saying, oh, Steve it, White or whatever? It, it probably, for 
for the first time it did a little bit because I hadn't had the experience, um, Tony, before of quite a large number of supporters criticising you. You know, I hadn't had that in smaller clubs, yeah. but then suddenly the fan base was that much bigger. Um, and some of it I thought were pretty vitriolic and a bit unfortunate because it was, yeah, I, I, I thought a lot of it's unjust, but I don't think, you see, you get some people now and managers and coaches now, they try and reply to it and all this business. No, I've never, bad, yeah. I think that's a bad way to go. Yeah. It's a ridiculous way to go. So, you know, we, we always, no, we never reply to anything. Look, let your, let your work do the talking and we'll get it right. And also, I think your, your players are your disciples. And if your players in their interviews and everything else are supporting you, as long as they're on side and you know they're on side, then you're all right. Yeah. You've got a chance. And the players were on side. They could see something building. They could see it building. We were possibly a little bit unlucky with results. Um, but then after Christmas, she had this fantastic run and we ended up runners-up. But we lost in the playoffs to, I can't remember, Bedford. We lost 1-0. Mm. Rennie Howe. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, Big old handful. Yeah, he, he, he scored and he had a career after that. So that was the first season. And then the second season, um, uh, they just improved the money very, very slightly. Another sort of 500 or something like that. And I think we might managed to sign, we signed two players. We signed Lewis Hogg and we signed Mark McKeever. Um, and it, it was good really, because I've always said to people, if you're building a side and you're staying anywhere for a period of time, if you're adding three players a year or four players a year, you've got it dead right, you know? You've got it dead right. If you're adding a lot of players, and I, and, and I could see that, because I used to watch, see what Dodge had done over the years at, at Tiverton. He was adding two and three players every year and no more than that, so nice and settled. Mm. And we managed to do that then for like five years. So that year we signed Hoggy and McKeever and then it got into the season and we 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 clearly needed another striker. And um, we've been looking around the area for ages and we, we, we talked about it a great deal and we came up with Darren Edwards. Um, uh, we got, Mike Kelly was watching him every week for ages we had to get it right because we knew we had to pay money for him that's the only time really that was the only time other than Marley Watkins that we bought a player at Bar. where was he there Darren was he at Mangotsford so Darren he? no he'd gone to Yates Yates yeah I think Darren when he was at Mangotsford before that I'd watched him a lot and I thought wow he's going to go in the league but he had quite a bad injury at Mangotsfield, didn't he I think yeah and then he went went on to Yates had two seasons there he was then about 24 um, and we paid Basically, we sort of crowdfunded it. I think we paid either six or seven grand for him. Everyone put some money in, and he was the difference. Yeah. He, he played with Scotty Partridge, and I've got to say, I think he was probably the most underrated player I've ever had. I just think he was, when the ball went forward, he, he used his body well, he held it up, he was good in the air, his finishing was pretty decent. He scored his quota in the and in the two promotions we had in both of them, I mean, the first time I think he scored about 18 goals and the second promotion we had, he scored he scored 27 goals that season. Mm. Um, so I think he made a difference. And obviously, obviously then that season, the second season, we won, the, we won the Southern League. But I have to say, I have to say, I think that with what was there, what was left for us and the money that we were given to do the job, was re was good for the league. Yeah. So we should have done it. 
Yeah, mm. we should have done it. You know, you can't put your hand up and say that was a brilliant promotion. It was. We had to do the There's job. A lot of teams had a lot of money the way they yeah, done it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, I th- yeah. but I just felt that that was one we should have done. Now the the second one was a, a lot more difficult where we were because we were nowhere near the best paid in that league. You know, we were way off it. And that was then into that was into Conference South. South. Yeah. And obviously, a lot of the London sides were, you know, a lot of the London sides were throwing money around you, Chelmsford. Chelmsford and Dover, then once we got in there, Bromley, Sutton, they were they really, always done it, aren't they? Yeah. They were really <laughs> chucking the money about. And we were, you know, we were sort of, yeah, we were, we were way off it. We could see we were way off it financially. Um, but we then had to, we had a year, the first year, I think we came eighth in it. And then the second year, we were doing quite badly in about October, and we went out the cup to someone really poor, I think, Southern League side. And Ralph said to me, he said, look, he said, my journey's up. I've had, just had enough of it. He said he, he'd been managing for quite a long time. And, mm. you know, he, he'd had a playing career where he's, what, most yeah. appearances ever at Newport 600 or something. Yeah. You know, and I think he was just done. In, yeah, in some ways he was lucky as well because his job was with the PFA. Yeah. yeah. He, and so it was football, said, football, football, football all the yeah, time. Yeah, he said, I'll, look, I'll do... He said, anything you want me to do, I'll help in any way or whatever, but you get someone to do it with you. And he said, um, but I'll recommend you to do the job. And um, I spoke to Archley Owls and I'd known him. He'd come up after he broke his leg at Cheltenham. He'd come up to Merthyr for six months. And uh, knew him well. We got on really well. And Arch came in, and I think you're always, you're always looking for someone to work with that will is different to you, it's got different experience to you, uh, but someone's going to challenge you. Mm. You know, it's important to get people around who think in lots of ways are better than you. And um, I think he just fitted the bill perfectly, really. It, it, any management team, it's it's, a, it's about the sharing and the, yeah. the communication. You know, yeah. the gaffer is always going to make the. The manager's always going to make the yeah. final decision, but you know, you not having good people around you is. He, he came in, he came in, and uh, it was it was quite difficult because we've been struggling a little bit. We tried to change it because Rel was uh, very very defensive in the way he wanted to play. We you know if we play four in midfield, three of them be central midfield, mm. but they will be defensive, and you'd have like Macker on the line and two strikers or whatever. So we try to balance it up a little bit. And um, it wasn't great for two or three months. Um, I can remember a few times, like Jeff Todd on the phone coming up from London on a Monday night. We lost a bottom of the league, Fisher 1 0. You know, we, stats said we had 30 chances, they had three, but they won 1 0. Mm. And so it was tough. It, it, it was quite tough for a little while, but we gradually got through. And then we finished the season. I think what did it, it all changed about February. We went one night to Newport, Holdsworth hadn't been there very long. And I don't know, we can remember, um, so I think by then Scotty Partridge, Partridge had been injured and we signed a lad, Stuart Douglas, I mean, you know Stewie, Stewie was it Luton? Yeah. yeah. Black lad uh, with dreadnoughts, he ended up, he ended up his, he played three, four hundred league games, but he ended up his physio at Wimbledon for a long, long time and he's just got himself a, 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 a TV gig he's got a show on Channel 4 where he's doing a housing programme a little bit like Dion Dublin what now? <laughs> yeah he is yeah. Yeah. so he's, a, he's a, the voice of Celeb and he's good lad so he played signed him we went to Newport one night on dark and murky night in February and we uh, we won 4-0 
and that that changed everything. You just feel there are turning points, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and after that, we didn't lose again that season. Last ten, twelve games, and we finished up. I think we finished up sixth or seventh, and that led a bit into the following season, really, which in which we we got promoted, but we didn't didn't start that season well. Again, we added two or three. We signed um, Sidhu Jambati, which was really lucky. He was a he was a good player to have in your squad. He was just so difficult. He was such a good defender. Anyone went past him, he was so quick. He had a sort of telescopic leg. He sort of dragged it mm. back. And mm. He could play a little bit as well. He could really run. And he was just horrible to play against. He was really nasty. And um, you like it, son? No, no. <laughs> he would. I think Rico, he would have fit in your side perfectly. <laughs> a few years earlier, he was. He was great. We signed, um, and then we signed Kai Mohammed. Uh, Kai had been a bit lost. He didn't know whether he was in the league, out of the league. He was still only twenty-two. Yeah. And the one thing he had was massive, massive pace. And for a non-league, he was he was so effective for us for two years. It was unbelievable. Um, signed him. We signed Connolly from um, Cheltenham. He played about twenty league games, a good age, twenty three. Came in, did well, and we got um, Mark Cannon from Team Bath. Yeah, uh, and he was good footballer. Man. Yeah, very good footballer. So suddenly we had a lot more football there, um, and uh, we we struggled. We struggled that season for a little bit, and we, in October we were about seventeenth in the game. Everyone's saying, well, God, what sort of job are they doing? And again, we just got lucky and we'd suddenly got on. We had a good FA Cup run that year, got through the second round. And then we, yeah, we suddenly started. Did started, you play in the uh, second round, FA Cup? We, um, we, we beat Grimsby away in the first round. Yeah. And we, we lost to Forest Green in the second round. Yeah. Uh, that was probably one of the big regrets. They, um, we didn't play terribly well in that game. We just underperformed. Lost two one. They weren't great at the time. So um, yeah, but that set us up a little bit. Gave us a little bit of cash. Helped us to sign one or two other people. And then we went on a great run. And we obviously did the board actually give you the cash to spend? Because did I'm, they? I'm telling you, when we did we your own people there, we didn't have it. No, very, 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 very little money. Very, very little. Very little. No, it was it was always hand to So you got a few promotions so, then, aid and stuff. Mm, so how long did you actually spend there in, in total? So yeah, so I got yeah, got promoted got promoted that year. Then I had two years in National League and then we got relegated again. So uh it was seven years and I stayed there three years. I was there about just under eleven years. Was yeah. So so Arch then took over from uh from me, I became director of football. And you know, at that stage, when we were in the conference, the second year, it just took its toll. It was ridiculous. It mm. was, you know, going up. Kate said on a Monday night, going to, you know, it was, it was just, yeah, it's you know, to... it was, it, it, it was not part time. We were in the three. There were three sides in it. They weren't part time. Hayes and Yellian were sort of hybrid model. There was Altrincham and us, mm. and all the others at that time. And how many? Ex league sides were there, Luton, big sides, big families, Grimsby, Mansfield. It was, it, it become, and there was huge money in it. You were, but it was every week, and it was yeah. huge pressure. It did really great for a year. We lost, lost three or four players, then straight away. Now I think we lost five players. Good Aggie as well. Alex Russell had come by then, and he went skiddo, signed him at Yeovil at thirty six, and didn't play him, but he was brilliant for us, and you know, so we lost him. We lost Molly Watkins, we lost Kaib, we lost uh, Sido Jambati, 
and we couldn't replace them. Mm. Just couldn't replace them. So, so the plan was basically to we spoke to the board, you know, give us a chance, give us two or three years where we'll, we'll really cut the budget. The budget became lower than it had been at any time since I've been there. It dropped down like it was three something, which at that time, you know, six seven years ago was was ridiculously low. Um, but we hung in there and kept the debt down of the club. We were always in top six, seven, eight, nine sides. Um, we had a couple of good cut runs. And um, but yeah, I suddenly business was pressing, and I. Uh, had to knock it on the head. So how long ago was that? Eight? Did you that finish? That was um, six years ago. Mate. Six years ago. Fair play, that's, that's a huh? good. That's a good. Well, he's played, isn't it? But that's a good run, though, isn't it? Eleven years at a club. Well, it was. And a, it and a was. lot of aspects yeah. of the club you were involved in. Yeah. Well, the it was off off yeah. the field. It was it was difficult. It was tough. Jeff left the chairman. Oh, it has been though. Carnage. Yeah. I know. We're talking. You know, we can go back to, you know, but. Um, Brian Godfrey days and off. I think I think um, carnage. I think uh, I think Mike Kelly mentioned it to you when I listened to that that podcast. He was the only one you've listened to, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) It was very good though. He 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 mentioned he mentioned it. That he he asked me when I was in between jobs. He asked me to go to Forest Green with him and help out. And he was up there for a you know few months. Yeah. And at the end of the season, he said to me, he said, um, he said, they've offered me the job. He said, you interested? I said, yeah. I was ringing him up every day. Got to take it. The manager, the the chairman was Trevor Horsley. Yeah. He had the chance, we had the chance, to work for the best chairman in non-league football I think I've ever seen. Yeah. You get so many mentions on this yeah, podcast. Uh, oh. F, he had the chance. We had the, if there, there was a chairman that you ever wanted to work for, it was Trevor. Yeah. I got to know Trevor quite well after. I used to ring up and whatever, but then, you know, later on he had no influence, obviously, he'd, he'd sold it on. But what a chairman to work for. And Mike, I couldn't persuade him to take it. And when he took it, Frank had already got it. Oh. <laughs> That's true. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, fantastic listen. Thank you very much for coming in. Anything else you want to share before we... Well, we, well, we haven't ask asked a question oh, yet. No. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. We always... This is our past on, podcast, but we always ask, best yeah. player, we'll say in your case, eh, the best player you've ever managed. Best player I've ever managed is Alex Russell. Alex Russell? Alex Russell was... Well, today, I think... He he, he, should, he played lower leagues a lot, a lot of the time. He played a bit of champ for Bristol City. Um, it was ironic. We were going to the game. We went to Cambridge and uh, went to the game Alex was playing I, I knew he played there but I didn't what I didn't realise he'd been voted their best player ever <laughs> and we took him off after 75 minutes and the whole ground stood up whole ground stood up That's and applauded man. him and yeah. I, how many times you see that yeah. there's a crowd about three, 4,000 Alex Russell without question and yeah. the hardest player or the most difficult opponent You've seen him line up for the other team or played against you. Oh my God, not him. Most difficult opponent, I think. Um, when Mark Cooper was it was it Darlington? They were the most direct side you ever play against, and he had a, he had giants everywhere. But he had one lad up front, Hatch, who was six foot seven, six foot eight, and physically, we played against them. We played against them um, early in our first year back in National League, and we drawn two all, and he'd scored both the goals physically 
we we struggled even if we had one in front, one behind to jump with him. He jumped he jumped his height as yeah. well, which is unusual. And it was unusual. He was he was so difficult to play against. Mm-hmm. Just so so difficult playing against. There you go. I'm I'm going to finish on one. Yeah, different one. Manager you liked the most. Yeah, and you got on really well with. Well. It was staggering, really. When we were in the conference that year, there was like you turned up. I managed against Didier, Didier Man, uh, Devonshire, Bub, yeah. uh, Dean Oldsworth, Edinburgh. Yeah, but who, who you know? Who, 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 and all, of all those, and all of those, most of them were quite courteous, but probably the most friendly of all of them, I think, and best to get on with was um, Justin Edinburgh. Okay. He was a gentleman. He's he was died, a real gentleman. Yeah, he died. Yes, he he was a gentleman. He really was, and he mm. was. And also, on the line, he gave out. You just get a feeling the information being given out and whatever, and the information he gave out made a difference on the field. You mm. went away and thought about anything. Come mm. made a difference. You know. Good. Yeah. And right. I'm going to ask you, manager, you don't like. <laughs> Or didn't get on with Mike Kelly. And you can't have Tommy Saunders. Mike right? Kelly. Uh, no, no, I love, I, I, I love Tommy. Tommy was a good lad. Tommy, was a really good lad. Um, manager I disliked the most was Steve Evans. Uh, and um, he? where is he? Stephen is. Uh, he's at Stevenish now. He was at Crawley. In yeah. fairness to him, he had a good side. He's had some good sides in there. It seems wherever he's gone, there's been money. But he's used the money well. He's picked great sides, and I can remember. When we played, it was the year that Crawley went in the league and uh, they played down our place and we took out, played them in the first half of the game. And right on half time, him and his assistant, Rayner, do you know Rayner? He's yeah. mad, absolutely mad, shouting the ref all the time. And they got a penalty at the top end and Tubbsy put it in. And I couldn't believe it, it was not a penalty. So I came down the, came down the steps at Twerton really tight I'm shouting at the referee I just lost it altogether it's just so unfortunate he came down behind me and he's shouting he's off I didn't know who he's shouting at he's shouting at me so all the players had gone in all that they'd gone in the changing rooms and he just walked on in then he turned around to come back out and I'm stood by the door and he's walking straight towards me and he's looking at me, pointing at me, and I thought, Christ, I'm going to be on the end of a sort of Glasgow sandwich or something. And he's coming towards me, and before he got to me, luckily, very luckily, over my right-hand shoulder, Adi Harris came, and over my left-hand shoulder, Danny Webb. Remember Danny Webb, yeah. uh, David Webb's boy? Yeah. And, and they pinned him up against the wall, and all the lads came out over the top, <laughs> Come on, what's going on here then? And suddenly he's against the wall, yeah. you know, being throttled. And look through the changing room door, and there's 11 of them all sat watching. Mm. No one moved. No one moved. And that showed didn't like what him, they yeah. thought of him. Yeah. 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 There we go. Right. Aidy Britton, thank you very much. Cheers, much. Yeah. Very enjoyable. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you.